This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception, Perception, The Show. Great lineup in front of us here today in terms of uh, topics that we are going to discuss. Justin Herbert out for the season. What do we make of these Bill Belichick rumors and uh, maybe some teams we want to see in the playoffs, some sneaky teams that we would like to see uh, in the postseason and see what they could do. Uh, and then we will play a, um, a Monday Night Football edition, if you will, of uh, which franchise would you rather be? Would you rather be the Giants or Titans, both teams at 5-8? and eight. We're going to ask Matt Harmon, would he, which, uh, w- w- which team would he rather be? moving forward uh but matt i just want to start this bad boy off because again we're recording here on a wednesday people are going to listen to us on thursday but we saw tyreek hill play on monday uh haven't spoken since then in regards to tyreek hill uh obviously injured his ankle and what i put online was my dude tyreek hill (laughs) i think he made a case for uh the mvp stronger because Again, this guy goes out there. He's you know a destroyer of worlds coming into this game, right? Uh, has a great matchup in front of him. Tennessee secondary has been real up and down, uh, mostly down this year. Uh, it, but he leaves the game with an ankle injury, Matt, and the offense absolutely just shuts down. Then, surprisingly, he comes back in the third quarter. The offense starts moving again. Then he leaves, and they can't move the ball again. Right, So I make the case that I think that Tyreek Hill actually made his MVP case even stronger with his absence in that game. What do you think? Uh, I mean, pretty good argument there, uh, right? Like if we're talking just value, I think he is certainly – I mean, I wrote this in his reception perception profile from the offseason that I think he had an argument last year to be the most valuable receiver to his own team because of how much they ask him to do, right. um, how much they – you know, require of him from a separation standpoint, obviously the speed stuff, you know, the pre-snap motion deal, the, and then of course, just what he does at the catch point and after the catch. I mean, you know, it's funny, Mike McDaniel, we talk about him as a guy that is like a, he's a schemer and he's a mad scientist. And obviously a lot of what they do is, I mean, fantastic schematically, but he also said um, in the Jordan Rodriguez play callers podcast from the athletic in the off season, he's like, you know, any, any of these play callers who are fooling themselves that it's about you like you're you're an idiot basically or, or like you're, you're arrogant <laughs> yeah um and, i love this guy <laughs> i mean he's great right because you know that some so many of these other guys do think like it is 100%, me right 100 percent. Yeah. but i mean i bet you if you actually ask mike mcdaniel like who's more important to the dolphins offense you or tyree kill he'd be like yeah tyree kill like 100 <laughs> times out of 100 he gave a sideline quote during i think the sunday night game in week two like yeah to i think it was the patriots game you know the sideline reporter asked him well, you know what are you doing out there he's like i'm not doing anything <laughs> which of course is not true but no um, it's not true at all it's not true and obviously brings a lot of value but yeah you know what it's really easy to run your cool scheme with all these little cheat motions um Hey, by the way, like, 
should we talk, be talking about banning these like cheat motions as opposed to banning the tush push? Uh, like, you know, the full speed motion with Tyree kill and like they're doing it. A lot of other teams are doing it too. It's like, talk about an unfair advantage. That's right. an unfair advantage. Right. Yeah. Um, anyways, you're, it's cool to do all that stuff. And, and like, it's great. And you're, I mean, look, like I said, the Packers make use of it. The Rams make use of it. Yeah. The 49ers have obviously made use of it too. They've all stolen from each other. But it's a lot easier and a lot um, more effective to do it when you have Tyree Kill. And then when you don't, things get a little hairier. So certainly, I agree with you. He made a, um, a stronger MVP case. I would say, too, beyond just the MVP stuff, too, James, I think it was a reminder on Monday just how fragile this Dolphins ecosystem is. That's what, to me, I think struck me was the fact that, okay, um, we've been saying on this particular show, and I know we're a wide receiver show, but we're saying, like, yo, Tyreek Hill needs to be in the MVP conversation. You know, he's doing things that have never been done before in the NFL. He's on the march for 2,000 yards. And I agree. You know, somebody responded to, to, to my tweet saying he needs to hit 2K uh, for him to have a realistic chance at the MVP. And I agree with that. If he hits 2K, I think he has a, you know, again, I don't want to say a realistic chance because we know it's a quarterback award. Uh, but he at least has a much stronger case because he's doing something we've literally never seen in the NFL before. Uh, so I, I, I do agree with that part of it. But yeah, you're talking about the fragility of that offense. Again, we talk about Mike McDaniel, and it's not like they have nothing on offense outside of Tyreek Hill, right? They've got Jalen Waddle, They've got the two running backs, Moser and Achan, who have been playing well. Everyone's caping up for Tua, okay? I mean, again, I, I'm not trying to say that Tua's a bad player, but I think it made it abundantly clear you can't say Tua is the MVP because he's not even the most valuable player on his own team, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know. It, it, it was really interesting because, again, you talk about the fragility. It shouldn't be that fragile, but I think that's how important Tyreek Hill is to that offense. And I think the other fragility part of it for the Dolphins, too, and, and this is something I know I talked about in the offseason, it's the offensive line. I mean, mm. uh, Connor Williams gets hurt after six plays in this game, 8% of the snaps, the starting center. He's now out for the season. Right. They have to move Liam Eichenberg uh, into that center position, and he's not normally a center. He's normally a guard. Um, and then, obviously, Teron Armstead. Like, you could point to this last offseason that a lot of the games where Tua was out – and the entire offense went in the shitter because oh well, it was because two is out. Well, also those games coincided with Teron Armstead not playing either, That's a good point. Um, which is a, a a huge factor because he's a great tackle when he plays. The problem is he so rarely is healthy. I mean, and even when he's healthy, he's a difference maker. But then he's a guy that has struggled with injuries throughout his career. They paid him a boatload of money, understandable, because again, he's a great player. But like, he, you can't count on him to be healthy, and he hasn't been healthy. Like, and and he him not being out there has made a huge difference. Tua took a sack on 13% of his dropbacks a season high against mm. the Tennessee Titans. And like, you know, Harold Landry's starting to come back on as an edge rusher that tore his ACL, but like they didn't have Jeffrey Simmons in that game. This is not a defense where it's like, oh man, Tennessee Titans are coming into town. They're going to, you know, be sacking your ass, right? No, but they were sacking <laughs> Tua in that game because, right. again, right. because of the fragility of that team. I mean, they gave up a crazy lead, uh, which obviously is, uh, you yeah. know, it's a bit of a fluky game in general, but Still, a lot of concerning signs, I think, from the Dolphins overall. Um, and, you know, they have a tough schedule to end the, the stretch as well. Like, if Tyreek is not healthy, you know, they, they get the Jets. Like, that. the Jets are not a pushover. They're they're obviously uh, a, usually a laughing stock, but they're a great defense, and their offense looked great last week um, with old Zach Wilson back there. Uh, Crazy. You know, we'll see if he can, we'll see if he can do it again. But he did look great with all Zach Wilson back there. Then they get the Cowboys, they get the Ravens, right. and they finish the season with the Bills, which could realistically be for the AFC East title. Like the we might be talking about the Dolphins as a team that was the number one seed coming into this this past week. Like right, that's a tough schedule uh, to end the season. So I don't know, man. I, I agree with you that like Tyreek not being in a hundred percent, and it feels like he, by the way, has been off and on the field a lot this year. Like you watch yeah. Dolphins games, he's banged up kind of consistently. You hope things aren't stacking up, but he's like a full speed guy, you know, that, 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 that can wear on the body uh, the longer the season goes on. I, I'm actually curious, James, to ask you about like, do we need to have a conversation of like, this sounds so stupid when I say something yeah. like this, but do we need to have a conversation about like Jalen Waddle? Um, I mean, the lack of, 
And I look, I haven't charted Jalen Waddle this year, uh, so I don't have like data to pull up on this, but I mean, just the lack of consistent production, the lack of like high end plays. I mean, he scored three touchdowns this year. Um, he has Such also dealt with point. injuries. He got crushed on a hospital ball from Tua. Yeah. And like, you look at Jalen Waddle last season, like 69.7% success rate versus man. You know, that's not a bad number, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. it is in the Jahan Dotson, uh, you know, Alec Pierce zone, um, Jerry Judy, right? It's in kind of that zone of player. Now he's pretty solid against zone coverage, 81.8%. That's pretty similar to like a Amon Ross St. Brown type. And we know he runs more like downfield routes. Uh, Jalen Waddle does, but you know, 70.2% success rate versus press. A lot of these numbers point to like a really, really, um, especially from just a pure outside receiver standpoint, right? Points not like a like not like a St. Brown slot type, but those point to more of like, all right, are you a really high quality two, not really a, a, a true number one? And I think it was pitched a lot this year that like, oh, the Dolphins have a one A one B duo, but like, man, the way the offense completely falls apart without Tyree Kill, I don't know. At least makes you wonder like, is is the gap between Tyree Kill that big? But um. I mean, I think it's pretty. I think the gap is pretty big between Hill and Waddle at this point. Oh, that's you know, I never even, I never even considered that. <clears throat> I just thought that the shadow of Tyreek Hill was so large uh, and so all-consuming that, well, of course, Jalen Waddle's going to be second fiddle because, um, you know, uh, he'd be. I, I, I'm, I was one of those people that would go with that assumption that Jalen Waddle would be a number one on any other team. Um, I, and, and to just challenge those priors, just to challenge that sort of assumption, I think that's smart. I think that's a smart way to approach this uh, because, again, some of the numbers that you talk about in terms of reception perception, um, you know, 58th percentile against man, pretty good against zone, but, again, not like, you know, we're not talking just absolute, you know, crushing guys in, in, in zone, right? So 81.8 is really good. But, you know, we start to when we start talking about a player that can really win, where 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 are we doing this now? Right. So that's that's an interesting point that you're bringing up with Waddle. To me, it's the press coverage thing, Um, because I think when you saw last year when teams really got up and got physical with the Dolphins receivers, uh, I think Waddle was the one who struggled with that more. And honestly, it's more of like a timing of the offense quarterback thing than it is like a true receiver problem. Because 70.2% success rate versus press is not bad, but it's 62nd mm-hmm. percentile right? in terms of um, reception perception. You know, like for, for example, like a guy like Mike Evans last season, I don't think he had his best season last year. He was 69.3% success rate versus man. But 75% success rate versus press, like that really quality number, right? Okay, so um, I think that's sort of where I'm like, hmm, maybe that's where I think Waddle, who's maybe just, again, around the league average or you know, a little bit above, definitely if you're at 70% success rate versus press, 62nd percentile, you're above average, right? right? But it's still a little bit like a, hmm, maybe he's not like a, a true one, right, on another team. Maybe some of this is – and. I mean, look, the usage for him was terrible in his first season. We know that. His right. second season, obviously, great usage, all that type of stuff. But he was really running hot from like a, you know, yards over expected type of thing. The production was a little bit regression alerty, alerty even though no one wanted to say it um, <laughs> because of the volume to the production and the yards per catch and everything and what he was doing from a deep routes plus after the catch that was very unsustainable. Um, so in hindsight, maybe looking at that, like I updated my dynasty rankings this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think it's like a good time every month. I try to do a little update on him. Like I put, uh, I mean, I always had like Drake London ahead of Jalen Waddle. I had put Puka Nakua ahead of Jalen Waddle. Wow. I even moved like Michael Pittman ahead of, of Jalen Waddle. And I really like Jalen Waddle, obviously, but, and he's in a great situation, of course, um, with, with being, playing across from Tyree kill. But I, I mean, even, uh, even DJ Moore and like, T Higgins, I, T Higgins, I, I moved all these guys ahead of T Higgins too, right? Um, because I just, I'm a little like I'm de- this season season in general is spooking me on the idea of like the number two receiver that we we take like these leaps with. Where okay, I 
I think that this receiver could be a number one on another team, but I haven't seen them do it. Like I've seen, now my opinion, I've seen Puka Nakua be the number one receiver for the Rams this year based on the way right. they run that offense. I've seen Michael Pittman be a productive number one receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. And obviously you could sit here and do like the what would Jalen Waddle look like on the Colts and that RPO office. <laughs> but like there's a, I think there is a value to like actually being able to to see it on on tape as opposed to just theorizing it because I mean I am the I'm trying to isolate wide receiver performance from all other factors guy as right. much as you can but you're still analyzing them and I'm isolating them from their from those surroundings but it's still in the context of the offense that they play in. And, and I just don't know what that would look like in a different situation. That's so interesting. Um, and certainly, I don't know if we're going to get a lot of answers this year. Uh, hey, you yeah. talked to, very quickly about uh, Tyreek Hill and, and some of those injuries. So much of it has been, you know, cramping. You know, they talk about that, that, that South Beach humidity, uh, whatever it might be. And so that certainly has been uh, impacting him as well. But yeah, let's just hope that um, the guy could get healthy and get back on the field. He ha- he shared such an interesting story. You heard this one, right? Where he was talking, he was texting his girlfriend or whatever, fiance. And she was like, get your ass. I think it's his wife. Okay. Yeah. Get your ass back in the game. You know, (laughs) I was like, wow, (laughs) that sounds like something my wife would tell me, man. Holy hell. I could definitely appreciate that. Um, for sure. Interesting stuff. Um, yeah, man, crazy stuff. You know, in in terms of the MVP odds right now, right? So obviously Dak is, is in the lead. It's either Dak or Brock, depending on, I, I think, what um, what odds you kind of look at here. Uh, and both of them obviously have really, really strong uh, cases. You know, Dak just beat Philadelphia. And, and, and that's really what the MVP conversation is right now. Who have you beaten recently? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who have you beaten the most recently? Uh, and then we will give award that quarterback uh, the MVP odds. But Dak Prescott obviously topping Philadelphia um, leads the way right now, and Brock Purdy a very close second. But um, it actually is uh, a little bit different depending on where you go. Uh, anyways, okay, so there's Dak Prescott, there's Brock Purdy. Lamar Jackson is certainly in the mix, uh, as is Jalen Hurts. Um, you you got to go all the way down past Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill actually has climbed a bit. Um, uh, but still he's what one, two, three, four, he's somewhere in the, the top 10, but, uh, but he's certainly in the mix. It doesn't look like he's going to win it, but certain, uh, you know, some things would have to happen for him to, to go out and, and claim that award. I, I, again, I just watched that Monday night football game though, man. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, am I biased? I don't know. I, I've been caping up for this dude all, all season long. I think Tyreek Hill is the MVP, honestly. Yeah, I get it. Um, it's and, and I, th- I think anytime you can actually see it, right? Like, well, there is the value of Tyree Kill. Like, we got a perfect example of it. Like I right. said, there are other factors involved here too, like the offensive line play and everything. You know, you do have to take that into account. But but certainly the lack of um the lack of Tyree Kill was a big factor against the Titans. And and I mean that just like is I, I think indisputable. Like I think they could have won that game maybe going away against the Titans if Tyree Kill is sure. healthy throughout. Well, I mean, again, you bring up, by the way, you bring up the offensive line, which is totally a fair point, but it's not as if when Tyreek Hill, Connor Williams then also re-entered the game. It's not as if they, they got a, a new injection of right, offensive yeah, line. Totally. Right, when Tyreek Hill came back in the game, they literally were like, oh, okay, cool, well, let's just march down the field with reckless abandon, uh, with absolutely no resistance whatsoever, and then he left the game and, and uh, you know, they can't get the ball past the 50. Right. So it's to me, that was such a so I get it. You know, people were saying, oh, you got to add some context to that. And and certainly I I would love to. I'm just saying when he reentered the game in the third quarter, man, it's not like they got they signed some new left tackle or they signed a new center. It's no, it was just Tyreek Hill, you know? Yeah. And also, we have to remember, too, these are um, compounding issues, too, because we just talked about like Jalen Waddle being a good not not great separator well Tyree Kill is an elite separator uh 96th percentile success rate versus press right as opposed to the 62nd of Jalen Waddle so right. these are compounding issues uh right so th- right. That, that's another thing too it's like all right well you're you know what helps you uh get past your pass protecting issues is having a 96th percentile Correct. success rate versus press Correct. player but you know what when you already have issues uh with pass protecting and everything when you don't have that separator, it makes it worse. So it's like these are compounding <laughs> issues that are that are right. that are facing the Dolphins right now. But yeah, no, I mean you're you're obviously right in saying that 
he and also too there's an emotional part of it too like the defense knows like oh shit Tyree kills back on the field like uh not only from a right. defensive coordinator like all right we got to lean coverage this way and like maybe that opens up stuff for other people and the run game like hey let me tell you what Tyree killed him play like they're not having like a dominant run game with Dan Raheem Mostert okay all respect to Raheem Mostert but they don't have a dominant like Correct. I scored double digit rushing touchdowns with Raheem Mostert if they don't have Tyree kill period end of story so there's that but it's like again the, the defense moves coverage all this stuff and just the emotional uh burden on the actual players yeah. that are playing defense yeah. they know what can happen to them when right. Tyree kills out there so there's a lot of different uh factors at play there but a lot of and it all comes back to yeah Tyree kill being a great player um I would just say too that like yeah if, <laughs> I, I think that the uh, some of these other quarterbacks obviously if they're if they left their their team would have a similar like oh yuck type of feeling to them but it's a good um, point you know, I, I I know you love Sam Darnold, but I <laughs> I do not I do not think that Sam Darnold is leading the NFL all in right, yards right. per completion yeah, 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 and all right, this all right, stuff. Right, if right, if Brock Purdy's not playing <laughs> right, the 49ers. You're right, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, so you you right now though, like and look, by the way, there are there are five four games left in the season. Uh, um, yep. so Things can change, right? You mentioned Lamar Jackson. The the Ravens get the Jags, the 49ers, these Dolphins, and then the Steelers in the last four games of the season. If he tears up those four teams, like he's yeah, going to go winning. from third to first in MVP yep. voting. Or if, um, you know what? I mean, Brock Purdy, they play the damn Arizona Cardinals this weekend. So it's like, okay, nobody really cares if he beat the Cardinals. That doesn't Correct. really move the needle. But if the, if the Cowboys beat the Cowboys this weekend, I mean, excuse me, the, the Cowboys beat the Bills this weekend. Right. But then, hey, if Brock Purdy does on freaking Christmas, you know, Santa Claus coming down the friggin' chimney, and but also Brock Purdy's uh, dropping dimes on the damn <laughs> Santa's gonna hopefully come by eight fifteen Eastern. I don't know, but you know, Brock Purdy's dropping hammers yeah. on the on the Ravens on Christmas. The odds can change and stuff like that. Um, and by the way, we didn't even we have not once uttered the name Patrick freaking Mahomes. This guy yeah. can go out for the next four games and absolutely no. just throw hammers down. And you know what? He could win the MVP. As, as, as turbulent as the Chiefs season has been, if they go out and win the next four games and Patrick Mahomes is dropping three, four touchdowns a game, He's back in the mix. 100%. I'm very skeptical of him doing that with uh, correct. this receiver room. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> but, I mean, listen, uh, you should definitely go and bet it. If you There's one particularly, I guess, I think this is points bet, it looks like, that has him at plus uh, 2,500. To be the MVP, so you should go get you should go bet it if you want if you believe in that pos if you believe Kadarius Tony can line up on sides. Kadarius Tony, Jesus <laughs> Almighty, um, <laughs> I might go do that. I might go to points bet and put ten bucks down on Patty. Mahomes, hey, we're not sponsored know? by any any of these um, programs, right? Yeah, so exactly. We can hype another one. Anyway, I will say this by the way. Um, I, I will just say that you know none of these quarterbacks are dominant, and I get it. Um, but you know, I, I do the podcast over Yahoo with Dalton Del Don, who is a a 49ers fan and a MVP uh, Brock Purdy ticket holder. So okay, a preseason ticket holder. So all Love bias it. admitted here, but he did lay out like the statistical case, just purely the numbers case for Brock Purdy. Like, you know, that guy wins MVP a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, if it, if it is like, if obviously we know, we know all the counterpoints to Brock Purdy, but I right. do think the way he laid it out is just from, again, from a pure numbers perspective, like the player who has who who leads the league in adjusted yards per attempt and blah 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 all these numbers, those guys win the MVP like a hundred times out of a hundred. Right. It just it happens to be in this case it's you know Mister Irrelevant playing with Kyle Shanahan and that's, absolutely loaded that's what roster. It is. <laughs> and, I, and, and obviously that is what it is. It's just I'm saying yeah, that's that, what it is. I'm saying though that, that the way these voters work, you know these people. These people, faceless. Yeah, <clears throat> we know some people. We definitely know some people who have MVP votes. Right. But um, gonna, at the end of the year, they're going to look back at the numbers and be like, "Holy hell, Brock Purdy did all, all right." Well, he's the MVP, obviously. So that's just worth noting. We're talking right. about like nobody has a dominant resume. Yeah. Brock Purdy and Santa Claus come and uh, drop heat on Christmas. <laughs> on Christmas, and, right? And, and it could happen. He's winning the MVP. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, um, let's move on. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, here Justin Herbert now out for the season. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Uh, he is now the ninth quarterback to miss at least four games, starting quarterback to at le- miss at least four games this season. That is 28% of the league, Matt Harmon. 28% of the starters in this league uh, have now missed at least four games. Um, and he's the eighth quarterback to miss at least, what is it? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he, he, he's going to miss four games here. But um but you're talking about extended time. Rodgers, Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler, um, all missed significant chunky portions of this season. Justin Fields missed four with his thumb injury. But yeah, Justin Herbert out now uh, for the remainder of the season with a uh, fractured finger. Uh, I don't know, man. What, what do you make of this Chargers situation now? Uh, it, it already felt, you know, uh, again, they were down bad and uh, vibes out of L.A. Were, were horrible. Now Justin Herbert goes on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, obviously it sucks for for everybody in that building, you know, and, and everything. I mean, Justin Herbert, um, I, I love Justin Herbert. I'm a Herbert fan from a player and a, yeah, same. especially just a person perspective. Uh, you know, I got to meet him and spend some time with him a couple of years ago doing the show with Austin. And he's just a gr- great guy that just loves ball. I mean, so um, it's just all about that. So it sucks to not have a player like that on the field at any point. I mean, same time though, who the hell cares about the 2023 chargers anymore at this point, right? Like, <laughs> right. You know, right. Easton sticks going to play for them. We'll see how oh, Easton God. stick does. Um, I will tell you this though. Austin's very high on his ability to, as a runner, uh, uh Easton stick. So I'm way, I'm over here on bed MGM refreshing the, uh, uh, Easton <laughs> stick rushing props. When can get me some Easton stick rushing props? I but. need to see some Austin Eckler re, uh, total receptions props. Cause I think, uh, whatever that number is, I'll take the, over. those are up though. Those, those are up. Uh, but Hey, if he's a, if he's a rushing quarterback, um, he's not going to be checking that ball down as much to, to our guy, point. Austin Eckler. Yeah, that's good three point. over under is three and a half catches for Austin Eckler at minus one fifty five. So wow. not even, <laughs> what's the point? They're not even messing um, around. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, they're expecting you make more, much more money. If you uh, want to bet the, if you think what I said about him, not checking the ball down right. plus one fifteen on the under uh, three and a half catch, but three and a half catches. Good Lord. That's a tough line <laughs> there know. from Ben MGM. Um, <clears throat> I'll just say like, yeah, obviously I think the future of the chargers, there's so, uh, I mean, how many players that are on the current chargers are really going to be a part of the future with Justin Herbert, you know? Um, I mean, I'm just mentioned Austin, like uh, in almost 0% chance he's back with the team. Um, I don't know what his future holds, but I don't yeah. think it's with the Chargers. He's a free agent after the year. Keenan Allen's an aging player. You know, uh, Josh Palmer had four good games uh, to start this season or to in the middle of the season after yeah. Mike Williams got hurt and then before he got hurt, although he's going to be back this week. You know, Quentin Johnson, you can point to one play. You got people on Twitter this week like, see, this is why you don't give up on players because, you know, Quentin Johnson got behind the defense in the fourth quarter. Like, okay, well – let me let me point oh to all the God. other plays out yeah, there. Okay, so right. we still got a long way to go to building an offense around Justin Herbert. Oh, by the way, they can't pass protect. They have uh, one. They have Rashawn Slater, who's really good, but then Corey Lindsley's been out because he's had like a heart issue. Uh, Zion Williamson, the 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 def- offensive lineman, he hasn't worked out. Like they've had a right tackle problem forever. The offense alone don't even be started on the tight ends. Tight ends are. Uh, hilarious like number one can't run block for shit and then right. number two just not even a real dangerous unit so they've have issues personnel wise on that offense and obviously then there's the defense which is just yeah. woof so yeah. aging the and, and the defense the problem with the defense too is that they're aging badly 
right? Um, and expensive. I mean, Derwin right, James, I mean. huge yeah. cap hit. Joey Bosa, huge cap hit. Khalil Mack, huge cap hit. So I don't know, man. <laughs> Futures, like you think, okay, Chargers probably fire Brandon Staley, probably move on yeah, from Staley. Right, and then right. um, is that an attractive job, though? Because obviously you have Herbert. Yeah, you got Herbert. Herbert. We just talked about this you recently, start there. but then it's just it's so much rebuilding from there, I think. This dovetails uh, very nicely into this next topic that I want to bring up in, in regards to Bill Belichick. Um, and to me, it's it's odd. Like, I don't really understand the report that Bill Belichick has now decided to move on. Um, because, and let me just put well, this is in. is it he's decided to move on or have or they decided mutually to decided. Yeah. I, that's the report, right? Is that they've mutually decided or something, right? That like, okay, uh, that his time has now come to an end there. Um, and again, this is not totally substantiated, but you know, obviously, a, a, a really solid beat reporter there in the New England area is reporting on this, right? So I don't yeah, know. Tom Curran, he's right. been followed. He's reported on the team forever, forever. So he is very much, um, you know, locked in <clears throat> into the Patriots. Okay, I just want to say from a vacuum, like you put this in a vacuum. Okay, you've got a guy who is, you know, widely considered one of the best coaches of all time. Um, now. He has now, he's the GM. He's now constructed, forget about the name. I just want you to take the name and I want you to take the team out of it. There's a GM who has constructed a unit that has a ton of cap space and potentially a top three pick in the NFL draft. Do you think in a vacuum that GM has done well or bad? Bad. No, you constru- you get a lot of cap space. Your team's going nowhere. You've got a lot of cap space and a top three pick. That's good. I actually think from like, again, like when we talk about analytics bros or whatever, I, I'm surprised that people aren't like, well, actually what Bill Belichick is doing is textbook good GMing. Like, <laughs> If you have a, wait, wait, what do you mean? If you have a team? mediocre team, the last place you want to be is the Tennessee Titans where you're five and eight. You don't have a chance at a top three pick. And, oh, and again, wow. I, 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 you don't have a, you don't have a, a good chance at a, at a top pick. And cap space wise, well, it's a little murky, right? So New England has cleared the books and they've got a top pick. Matt, this is this is actually good. Again, I think it's actually a good spot that New England is in in regards to what they've done to kind of sort of, again, clear out the books here uh, and, and potentially bring in talent very, very quickly. Yeah, but the reason that they have a top draft pick is because the person who picked the players picked bad players <laughs> like at the end of the day <laughs> i mean i get from the perspective that yeah if you're gonna be bad you should be all the way bad and i, I do understand although it's just so far uh, away from reality because nobody nobody approaches the position nobody approaches sports that way like true you know the guys on the field the people that are co- like it just doesn't work that way but I do understand the notion that, like, yeah, if you're going to be bad, you might as well be all the way bad and get a top three, especially in this draft where you yep. might get a Drake May or Caleb Williams at the second overall pick where exactly. New England would be picking right now. I do understand that. You know, that being said, they're not in this position because they were trying to lose. They're in this position because, like, two years ago, nameless, faceless GM, if we're still not going to say the name Bill Belichick, <laughs> nameless, faceless GM decision maker went out and <laughs> – Gave a below a boatload of money to a bunch of below average players, or maybe average if you squinted at it. Sure, you know, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, solid player, but I mean, come on, he was Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, who's not on the roster. Like I said, Nelson Aguilar, he's not on the roster anymore. Um, you know, and then like let's not forget they traded like a third round pick for Devonte Parker. I think Oy. it might have been like a, I think it might have been a a, a third to Devonte Parker plus. I can't remember the exact uh the exact detail, but like that one gets a little under, under the radar a little bit. Um, yeah. Looking, looking back on it now. Um, yeah. Okay. So he, it was Devonte Parker and a fifth round pick in exchange for a, a third round pick. So, okay. I mean, but still, <laughs> not good. But still, not good. wouldn't you rather just have the freaking third round pick? <laughs> yes, I um, would. Yes, I would. You know, for a guy that was making a lot of money. Then they signed him to a contract extension this off season. Yeah, madness. Uh, what are we doing here? And then they let Jacoby Myers walk for Juju Smith-Schuster. Like it wasn't as if like, all right, we're tearing it down. Like, no, they re-signed Devontae Parker. They let Jacoby Myers walk and then brought in a worse version of Jacoby yep. Myers. Like With no so, need. Uh, 
with no knee, no need to speak of nothing in <laughs> sight there. Um, I, and, and, and like the real problem here too is beyond all this stuff, which I mean, it, it's part of this conversation. What happened with Mac Jones, regardless of whether Mac Jones was going to be good ever or not, was just complete malpractice. Like, so the way they handled him, the way that they did the offensive coordinator stuff. So, I mean, they're not, they're not in this position, James, because like Bill Belichick was trying to tank for a draft pick. They're How do in this you position know? Because, How do you know? He might have. Well, because if they're going to fire him, then he I think we know. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that, that part is true. No, I'm just, I, look, I'm just saying it's not, it's not as if New England is just uh, on the ropes and they're done. Like, for example, I would rather be New England than New Orleans, right? New Orleans oh, well. is in, I mean, they're in cap space yeah. hell. They're tied to Derek Carr. They have no chance at moving forward. None. Zero. Yeah. Zip. New England, they can get right really quick. You bring in a transformative quarter, young quarterback and then you surround him and spend wisely in free agency and that's the part where it gets a little dicey for Bill Belichick. But I'm just saying you spend wisely in free agency. All of it, you have, you've come back in a big time way um, and very, very quickly. So I actually don't think that Bill, well, maybe Bill Belichick has fallen ass backwards into it. Um, maybe I'm giving him too much credit for playing 5D chess here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, if he takes a look at Mac Jones and says, you know what, this ain't it. We cannot win a championship with Mac Jones. So whatever, throw him to the Wolves. He's still on a rookie deal. We don't have to sign him to uh, a fifth-year option. We don't have to sign him to long-term money. Great, great. We'll move on from him. We'll bring in Drake May or, or Caleb Williams. We're good. We're set. Now I've got a young, transformative quarterback. Um, and watch him go try to pick up an uh, offensive tackle or something stupid for the second pick or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that would that, be very Bill Belichick. Definitely on. That is definitely <laughs> on the possibility. And, but now, like, put yourself in Robert Kraft's position, which, by yeah. the way, it is funny to say, like, okay, you know, Mac Jones, we decided we can't win a Super Bowl. Well, you did pick Mac Jones. Like, if you didn't want to take Mac Jones in the first round, you shouldn't have taken him, okay? Right. But, because, um, yeah, I mean, like, too, I, man. They took, yeah, like 14th overall. But, um, and by the way, like, that's the funny thing, too. I actually think that Mac Jones was never, I mean, he was at best going to be like a functional NFL quarterback, but somebody you're always trying to replace. So, which is kind of who he was as a rookie. I don't think there was going to be these leaps and bounds improvements, but just the fact that he has eroded so much in this right. situation. If I'm putting myself in Robert Kraft's shoes, I'm like, yeah, sorry, Bill. Like, I know you did great stuff for this team, but like, I do not want you in charge of taking, uh, of developing Drake May and putting like <laughs> freaking Devontae Parker and these guys around him. Like, yeah, at some point you're going to want to get Drake May a number one receiver. And like, the only way the Patriots do that is by falling ass backwards into Jacoby Myers or like Pop Douglas. And, and then they let these guys walk out the door. So, um, and, and I really, I, honestly, what I bet, what I bet this really comes down to though is I, I, how these things always work is I think what Robert Kraft probably, if this, if this decision truly has already been made, here's how I can almost guarantee you that the conversation went. Like they're coming back from Germany, they go on a bye week and, and, and Robert Kraft comes to Bill and says, look, things are not going well. I've publicly said before the season, like, this is not this like making the playoffs is not the standard. Winning championships is the standard. Well, <laughs> they're they're not even close to making the playoffs. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're well below the standard. Um, so we're below the standard, Bill. Um, we would love to keep you around, but if you're gonna stay around, you're gonna ha we're gonna get a GM here to yeah. kind of help you make decisions in the front office. And also, by the way, you can't hire all your fucking kids and all your old buddies. <laughs> like you have to get. You need to get like a real offensive coordinator, not somebody you just have worked with before. Oh my God. And I mean, he's two coaching staff, two sons of the coaching staff. I know. Two. Yeah. Two. Not, Steve not and, a, and Brian or whatever. Not, and by idea. the way, what a, not, not great. So, and then, you know, what Bill probably said right back to this. I'm Bill motherfucking Belichick. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm Bill. I am Bill Belichick. Okay. I, I look at, look at all those trophies. You don't tell me what to do, and that's why they're not going to come back together. Yeah, I could see that. Um, one of the teams that he is rumored to uh, to go to is actually is actually the Chargers. Uh, Tampa Bay also in the mix as well. So uh, it's interesting. Um, by the way, how funny would it be if he went to Tampa Bay? 
just like the New England Tampa Bay pipeline. Like, what is going on? You there? mean That'd the be... NFC South champions? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right, baby. Uh, but yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be interesting um, if Bill Belichick could actually uh, put together um, a staff around Justin Herbert and and, and try to you know um, listen, man. Anything. I mean, literally anything. This is the worst version of Bill Belichick we've ever seen. This is still heads and shoulders above Brandon Staley. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick, (laughs) that Patriots defense is pretty good this year. That's what I mean. Best best run defense. And they're not even that talented either. No, they're not. They're not. But that's what Bill Belichick does, right? Yeah, 100%. So I I think that... um, like yeah, if I'm if I'm thinking about hiring Bill Belichick, I definitely want to have like an established quarterback. You know, uh, somebody. I mean, that's why the Bucks are kind of weird, right? I mean, I, yeah. again, the Bucks could win the division, right? I just, geez. Um, <laughs> so could the Saints. Uh, but the I'm Saints just saying. Actually, could, also, but if he goes to the Chargers, could you imagine Bill Belichick with like Asante Samuel and Derwin James? I mean, they're gonna do some things. You know, I mean, I, on the defensive side of the football, they'll be they'll be solid yeah if if those players are any good still on the defense maybe but um they're definitely not i think it's a lot of name not game on that roster right now but either way yeah i think they could they could do if they could get joey bosa healthy uh, although i get a massive contract i yeah, yeah. i just feel like who just my my if i'm an owner trying to bring in bill belichick my first question is, is like okay well what is your coaching staff going to look like don't tell me about your rings tell me who you're bringing with you <laughs> And if it's and if there's more than one Belichick, and it's like Bill uh-huh. O'Brien and, and oh, uh, hey Josh McDaniels, he's a free agent. Oh God! Um, By the way, there could not be a worse quarterback OC pairing than Justin Herbert and Josh McDaniels. Could not. There's there's no yeah. way there could be a worse pairing. I mean, you've got the most abrasive MFR in the world um, in in Josh McDaniels trying to work with a uh, like a certified introvert. In Justin yeah, Herbert, nope. not going to work. Yeah, Justin is way too yes, sir, for Josh McDaniels. Um, yeah, Josh McDaniels needs a Tom Brady who's really clearly not a yes, sir guy. <laughs> right. uh, that That's what he right. needs to work. Um, I mean, Tim Tim Tebow, he definitely – maybe that's why Josh McDaniels wanted Tim Tebow all those years ago because he was such like – Tim Tebow is such a nice guy, right? Maybe, uh, maybe. maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm Galaxy Bra- – there's, there's what the people really wanted on a podcast is <laughs> – <laughs> Galaxy brain myself into why he wanted Tim Tebow. Why did he hey, want but, Tim but, Tebow? The reality is, I mean, David Tepper is going to try to throw more money than God at Bill Belichick, That's a good and point. Josh McDaniels will be his offensive coordinator. So tell me what the Bryce Young Josh McDaniels offense looks like. Ooh. Put that, put that in pen right now. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. All I like all it. four or five. I don't know Belichick's. They're all going down to Carolina. <laughs> all going down there. Josh McDaniels is coming with them. Right. You know, maybe Gerard yeah. Mayo if he's not the new coach in uh in new england there maybe he's coming too uh shoot i mean troy brown's the wide receiver coach obviously used bring to them play all for the patriots bring, bring, them bring them all bring them all let's go let's just move let's just move down south we'll go to charlotte yeah, have a good old time i'm uh, sure bryce young will be just fine i'm yeah, sure <laughs> nothing what could go what could go wrong nothing I see nothing that oh, could Bryce, go wrong. Bryce Young, Alabama guy, Patriots, Alabama oh, pipeline, that's right. Nick okay. Saban. Here we go. It's all here. It's all. It's, we got Get, it. Trade for Jerry Judy. We're I good. Mean, oh, that's the happening. Team's gonna lose. Oh, that's that team that's is happening. Losing all their games. <laughs> that's, that's happening. Listen, let me tell you right now. If Bill Belichick and the boys go down to Charlotte, Jerry Judy's going to Charlotte, baby. That's happening. That's 100% happening. Um, okay, so obviously neither one of those teams, uh, Carolina Panthers or New England, going to be making the playoffs here. But uh, uh, we take a look at some of the playoff standings. Um, and, and I'll ask you, Matt, what, what's a low-key kind of under-the-radar team that you would like to see make the playoffs and be in the playoffs and be in one of these pressure cooker situations? <sighs> Man, I really want to see the Rams make the playoffs. Um, that would be fun. That would be fun. Like here's let's just put it this way in the NFC right now these are the teams like we know that the 49ers have clinched the playoff spot the Cowboys I think they're, they're going to make it the yeah, Lions will make it right uh, the Eagles will make it somebody from I'd love to not see an NFC South team make the playoffs but at this point I kind of am just like resigned to the well resigned to the fact that somebody will win the division but I think that if I had to pick an NFC South winner uh-huh. I, I think I I do kind of want the Bucks like. 
let's let Mike Evans have one more glory moment in the playoffs with the Bucks. I mean, he might resign with them, of course, but um, yeah, sure, why not? Well, but, but I definitely really don't want to. You don't want to see the Saints. And and no. can I can I make the case though? Could we if if Atlanta makes it, do we all just sit there and hate watch that game? And just like we're just ready to pounce on Arthur, like the entire internet is just ready to pounce on Arthur Smith. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're not going to have a hero, you want to have villains. And Arthur Smith is as close to a universal villain as we've got in the NFL right now. I want there to be real consequences to like the Falcons season to the point that like they can't be like, you know what? We we won the division and we made the playoffs. That's a good point. Let's just run it back with Desmond Ritter. No, we need <laughs> we need real incentive okay. for them to be picking fair. high and like, fair, fair. Right now they'd pick eleventh in the draft today, according to Tankathon. Um, but if they went to the playoffs, they're obviously not picking 11th. Yeah. Like I want them to have a high second round pick that they could trade for Justin Fields or something like that. We just need something other than, you know what, Desmond, first year starting, let's, let's just go ahead and run it back. Um, no, I, I think we need, we need some <laughs> that would real, be a, that, a nightmare. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking beyond the Saturday, you know, okay. 1 PM, whatever game. Okay. Right. I want, I'm right. looking beyond that. Okay. Uh, and Good I think you. there really needs to be real change. Now, I don't want to see the Saints. That's the no, I, because I think the Falcons could actually give us a, a minorly fun football game because they have some fun players. But nothing about the Saints is fun. I want Zero. like I want their season over as fast as possible. So that leaves me with the Bucks. They're my pick there. Okay. Like um, so really, it's the sixth and the seventh seed. Um, and I'm I'm looking at obviously between really it's the Vikings, the Packers, the Rams, and the Seahawks. I think the most fun, uh, the the best combination to see out of that sixth and seventh seed, to me, is the Packers and the Rams. Um, mm. I know we just got a slow Jordan Love game, but I do think overall, like those moments are going to happen. Yeah. Um, that was a big night for you as a Matt Lafleur hater. Uh, <laughs> I thought that, you know, I thought that offense. It's like, look, I love Jaden Reed, but we enough already with the Jaden Reed behind the line of scrimmage stuff. Let's. Let's let's st- cut it out with that Matt Lafleur. You know, there's some misses from Jordan Love, but overall, I still think that team is an enjoyable watch that could be um, interesting, right? If it, depending on who they played, um, I hate and, the all. Hey, Rams. listen, listen for the Packers. I hate the offense. I love Jordan Love. I think he's like a. This is what I and, and I've been saying this. He's got the tools, man. Like it's fun watching him play, especially when he's just ripping down these seam balls. Like forget about it. I love it. Um, I think the offense, you talk about, you know, Jaden Reeb, all this. I, that, that's This is a LaFleur staple, throwing behind the line of scrimmage and asking players to do stupid stuff. I mean, it's just like, this is what you get. A lot of bubble screens and, you know, these. I don't know. I don't know. How many different screen plays do you think that Matt LaFleur has in his playbook? I mean, it's got to be at least 30. I mean, golly. 30 different types of screens. It's Jesus Christ. You see every type of screen. None of them work. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um yeah, not great. Yeah. Not great. Um but look, I I don't know. I'm I'm higher on the offense than you are. Yeah, I think no, I'm, everyone else is. Yeah. I'm I'm on Yeah, everyone else. Yeah, everyone else. But but still, uh the Packers rest of season do have, you know, I mean in terms of schedule wise, they do have a pretty winnable schedule they just lost a very winnable game on monday night but they get the nfc south run here bucks panthers vikings uh that vikings game is going to be big and then bears in week 18 so i mean realistic chance uh for for the uh for the green bay packers the new york times uh predictor gives them uh a well obviously again it would have been much higher had they just won that damn game on monday night but they have a 50 percent chance to make the playoffs the vikings in their division have a 62 percent chance to make the Mm. playoffs. i mean the vikings are going nick mullins this week i don't need that in my life (laughs) (laughs) minnesota viking fans are like you know that you know that meme of like uh uh mel gibson playing jesus or whatever it was or he was directing that film uh, with Jesus yes. and, and Jesus just all Passion bloody crashing the Christ. That's what it was. Um, that's what Minnesota Viking fans are, man. You know, it's like the Kirk Cousins thing, the Justin Jefferson. He comes back, then he's hurt again, and, and so here they are fighting for their playoff lives. They're going to be seeing the Packers probably with winner of that game is in the inside track to make the playoffs. Losers pretty much done, right? So. Um, yeah, the, the, these, these guys, these poor Viking fans, man, they have been through the war zone. And again, this is, this isn't just this year. It's seemingly every year. 
<laughs> the Viking fans are put through the ringer, man. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing either one of these teams. I think both locations, too, by the way. Both fan bases are so passionate. I love seeing that more than anything else. Um, so, yeah. I'll, by the way, speaking of, the Lions fans. Yo, they're turning up right now. I love to see it. They're doing stadium takeovers right now, man. Like when they get in the playoffs, it's going to be on and popping, man. Like I loved seeing that. And we certainly need a little bit more of that. Uh, when we start, when we start, start talking about playoff football. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a little nervous for the lions. This is Me what too. they've shown the last few weeks. Um, this Same. game, uh, against the Denver Broncos in Detroit is definitely important. Like, Look, the Broncos have shown themselves pretty well, but that's an inferior opponent. You need to just beat them. And and same thing going to Minnesota in week 16 on Christmas Eve. Um, okay, there there's my Santa analogy. When Santa's coming down the chimney, <laughs> Jared Goff needs to be dropping bombs. Yes. Uh, just yes. dropping heat on the Minnesota Vikings because you should, just should be straight up better than them. And then in Dallas in week 17. So there's, there's a lot of proving ground moments for the Lions who still should win that division. Um, I mean – if they don't, that's an all-time bag fumbling. They have oh, a 91% God. chance to, right. to win the division. Right. Um, but yeah, and then but lastly, man, the team I really want to see in the playoffs is the Rams uh from in the NFC. Now, right now they have uh kind of long odds. You look at the uh you look at the, the playoff predictor from the New York Times, 37% chance that's the Dang, lowest of really? all these teams we've talked about here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, losing that game in Baltimore, it's, it's a tough game. Mm. And and they had that uh they had that kind of swoon in the middle of the season when you know, had to start Brett Rippon, who's not even on the damn roster know, at this point. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> but they get Washington, they get New Orleans, they get the Giants the next three weeks. San Francisco in week 18. San Francisco might be like shutting it down by then, you know what I'm saying? Although they always want to beat the Rams. They do. So they maybe do. not. They but do. still, like that's a that's a three winnable games. If you win all three of those games, you should be in pretty solid position. And I, I just want to see Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams like in the playoffs because that offense is so fun. I mean, Sean McVay has completely if you if you just talk about strip the names, strip the jerseys, whatever, you just put on schematically like what the Rams were doing in 2017 the first Jared Goff year mm-hmm. and then show them what they're like then put up another screen and have you watch like the the film on the Stafford offense right now you'd be like what these are two completely different offenses down to the way the quarter like they're calling with the quarterback obviously mm-hmm. two very different quarterbacks of course but just like from a run game perspective like people don't realize it but oh Sean McVay outside zone all this stuff this is one of the most like duo man gap run heavy teams right now and that is completely different than what they were doing it's just so impressive so i would love to see sean McVay, you know who apparently re-energized himself with just the process of of coaching right this offseason was less about like you know, I, that was all the report in the offseason again from like Jordan Rodriguez was uh, I was so consumed with winning the Super Bowl and that it didn't fulfill me but what really brought him back this year was the actual passion of coaching young yeah. guys and and the, the fight. process of coaching yeah. the fight right yep. and part of that fight is doing that changing your offense schematically and everything like that and it's worked so well it would be great to see that rewarded with the playoff berth on the AFC side, very quickly, um, I actually wouldn't. I mean, we all want. Okay, Texans are on the bubble; they're seven and six. Bengals are on the bubble at seven and six. Bills are on the bubble at seven and six as well. Uh, the Broncos are there too at seven and six. I I don't think I'm speaking answer. No one wants to see the Broncos in the playoffs. No one. <laughs> not not in and not in one of those. Oh, they're dangerous. No one wants to see this team. No, 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 no. No, we just literally we don't want to see. The Denver Broncos, not when we're talking about the Houston Texans with Stroud, you know, the Bengals and, and the Bills. I mean, come on. Uh, if we're picking teams here, like no, no one literally wants to see the Broncos. Uh, and I apologize to all my Denver fans out there, but but it's true. Um, that is true. Though. Um, by the way, so ahead of them, though, in the five, six and seven, it's the Browns at eight and five. It's the Steelers 76 at seven and six and and the Colts at seven and six as well. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think the football world would mind if the Steelers and Colts dropped out of that race. And then we got like the Texans and bills there in, in that six, seven spot. I think that that could be a lot of fun. I think, well, for sure number, you can get the Steelers up out, out of there. No one wants to watch yeah, the Steelers oh, for sure. I yeah. mean, especially if it's Mitch Trubisky or 
like Mason Rudolph. I mean, we have Steelers fans out here like chanting for Mason Rudolph in the in the stands I know. in the game. It's madness, madness. Get some madness. help, okay? <laughs> you you people are broken. You've already seen this, the Mason Rudolph. What are you talking about? Okay. Anyways, yeah. keep going. I mean, keep going. How is he even still on the team? Anyways, I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. So 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 there's that part of it, right? Where we don't need to see that. I agree with you. Uh, the Browns are making the playoffs, okay? Like they have an 86% chance, uh, according to the New York Times, uh, and. and Joe Flacco, I mean, I'm such a sucker for the Flacco story. Yep, wacko uh, for Flacco. I'm, I'm, Let's go. I am. Oh, I am so wacko for Flacco. <laughs> I don't even care if he gets blown out in the first round of the playoffs. But I don't know, dude. I actually think I think they're uh, that def- Well, defense is also getting banged up now too. A lot of injuries at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, so do. how about right um, tackle? They're on their third string right tackle for God's third sake. Third string right tackle. Uh, but I do think it's been a great testament to Kevin Stefanski as a head coach, who I know has come on under yes. fire. And, this has been a, a really good coaching job by him. Uh, unfortunately, not with the quarterback he paid $230 million to. Yeah. So, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Anyways, uh, the other two teams, though, yeah, Steelers, they have a 25% chance to make the playoffs, ironically, according to New York Times, even though they're the sixth seed right now. And then the Colts are 44% chance. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I'm a little bit more sympathetic to the Broncos than you are, but only because I, I think if I had to rank those three teams, I would go – because I think the Colts are – I look, I love the Colts. I love uh, Shane Steichen as a head coach, but I think they're getting waxed in the first round of the playoffs by um, – I mean, my God. If they had to go to even Miami or Kansas City or something like that, yeah, they're getting smoked. Uh, Gardner Minshew, no thanks on a, play, on a playoff game. Um, obviously, the Bills. I'm, I'm in on the Bills taking one of those spots. Disrespect for Minshew mania. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Okay. I mean, right. we don't need that. Okay. I, fair, I'm fair, I'm fair. with I'm with the Bills taking one of the spots. Of course, I think they would be legit dangerous. Yeah, and I think of the other three teams: Texans, Broncos, Bengals. I think I might rather see the Bengals, honestly, because I agree. The Bengals, uh, they have playmakers. They have yep. Jamar Chase, right. and I have just been so impressed by what Zach Taylor and this coaching staff that we've hated on so much, what they've done. Um, the with with Jake Browning under center and Agreed. making it more making it more of an under center offense involving the running backs in the screen game. J- James Chase Brown and Joe Mixon have eighty and seventy nine yards respectively over the last two weeks in on screen <laughs> passes. Which one is obviously that's inflating Jake yeah. Browning's overall numbers and fantasy stats and that type of stuff. But just shows good design. I mean, I think the, those guys are going to be super involved on. Um, Saturday against the Vikings. So I don't know. I think it'd be a great testament to the, that team. I think, and they could give you like one watchable game and beat a team that's theoretically better than them, like they did right. against the Jaguars. I agree. But we I, listen, we're talking about Jake Browning, and, and you know, I think that, that they've done a good job, but everyone wants to see CJ Stroud. Not not if there's no there's not gonna be tanked out, but like if Nico Collins injury lingers and everything, I, it's, um, a, it, it's assuming Nico's healthy, right? It's assuming yeah. Nico's gonna be there for the playoffs. I mean, we're still four or five weeks away, right? So, um, yeah, C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, let's just let's get in there, let's let's make it happen, let's. And again, you know, uh, we're talking about a a, a historically good. A uh, young quarterback. I mean, I, I mean, this guy can make some splash plays and make it a little uncomfortable for for one of these uh, higher seeded teams. Man, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts for the Texans. So um, definitely some mixed. Like that's a, a mixed bag. We the Titans are no like cookie cutter team. They can they can beat you up as as oh, we yeah. saw against the Dolphins. They play them twice. The Browns are not an easy opponent, although that is in Houston. And then obviously the Colts, that might be a, a win and in type of situation with the Colts in week 18. Um, okay. So you bring up the Titans here. Uh, perfect segue into our next thing. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with this. Um, what franchise would you rather be? And this is the Monday night football edition uh, of upset winners here. Giants or Titans, both teams, five and eight giants. And you know, it's funny. They're actually constructed uh, semi similarly as well. The giants have Saquon. But they're tied to a mediocre quarterback in Daniel Jones. The Titans have a badly aging running back in Derrick Henry and a volatile young arm in Will Levis, a.k.a. Billy Jeans. Billy Jeans is the guy, uh, is a nickname that was uh, put up on my threads timeline. Uh, and so I very much appreciate that. I'm totally stealing that. Billy Jeans I get it. I, for Will Levis. It took Levis. me a second, but now I get it. Okay. Um, which right. I love. Anyways, um, okay, so... 
it's also it, it, these two teams are also a little bit um, bereft of wide receiver talent. Uh, if uh, and I'm assuming Nuke moves on in this offseason. Uh, they've got Traylon Burks there in 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 for New York. They've got uh, a young developmental player in Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Dable versus Mike Vrabel. So, you know, we've got two coaches that I think are, are pretty good as well. Uh, who would you rather be, Giants or Titans? Well, I mean, how can you not go with the fighting Tommy Cutlets? Uh, <laughs> what a what a world that it's just like, this guy is a sensation. I mean, they won a huge upset game on Monday night, but huge. it's like, he's literally a sensation because he happens to be Italian. Great yeah, but, but it's not just that he is Italian. He like embodies the Italian You're doing the thing. You're doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. And then also his agent. Yo. Oh yeah. No, I mean, what? It, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't want to say he is like a caricature, but he is like a, the whole, the whole thing on? is like a caricature, which is it's insane. by the way, so epic. I mean, and especially cause it is the New York giants. I mean, what a, exactly. Just, that has to be so fun. Look, the reality of being an NFL fan is that like, if you really let it, it can just be a miserable, tortured existence. Okay? For sure. So, and I'm not even talking about teams that are bad. I mean, obviously, teams that are bad, it's it's rough to be. Like, imagine imagine being a Panthers fan right now. Couldn't oh. be me. Uh, that would be a horrible, <laughs> horrible existence with the That's way funny. things are going for right, them. Right, right, right. Um, ima- I mean, but then even these teams, fans of, uh, and look, if this is the way you want to spend your time, I think you're unhinged, but it's your freedom to spend your time. But these teams of fans like the Dolphins that have to take every uh, something about another quarterback as a slight against their quarterback. Correct. Like, you're a 49ers fan, so you need to get in everybody's mentions that thinks Brock Purdy is not the MVP and you need to go to war. Like, sounds like a freaking awful way to live your life, okay? <laughs> sounds sounds horrendous. Um, so oh for the most God, part, I being in, and I guarantee you, by the way, some of these Giants fans probably did the same damn thing about Daniel Jones, you know, when people are clowning on them for the contract extension. Okay. So for the most part, being an NFL fan is mostly miserable if you allow the experience to be. So for the Giants fans who get to have just like a moment of reprieve here, a moment detached from Uh reality where we just get to live in this Tommy DeVito world with his dad kissing his agent and his mom's like big ass spread at the tailgate and you know saquon before the game is doing the doing this thing and and everybody's doing it you know i mean isaiah hodgins catching a pass from this guy and he's just he's doing it epic wonderful incredible you know dayball in the press post-game press conference the reporters asking him like look i'm not saying tommy devito's tom brady but and then dayball's like yo relax i mean that's the moment you get to live in sounds amazing i i would take that uh, for, like I said, for his existence is normally horrendous because <laughs> you can let it be. Sounds awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, no, it's uh, it's what a great story. It's it's truly, really the the story of the NFL this year. It's about the backup quarterbacks. I mean, we talk about the injuries uh, to all these starters, these frontline starters, good starters. All that said. Okay, the Giants obviously going to be looking to to make a long term quarterback move. Um, I mean, we got four more weeks. I don't know. Maybe maybe Devito really just comes out and just goes freaking crazy. I don't know. Um, uh, can we also say too if he's if he's not the next Tom Brady if he doesn't go nuts over the next few weeks he's not um, he's not the like uh, not the, the future starting quarterback. Yeah. He's the worst kind of backup quarterback to have. Oh, totally. Because, especially, if, I mean, totally. If, I'm sure Daniel Jones is a nice guy and like is 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 loving this success for oh, his he is teammate not. who he shared. There's no way. <laughs> All that being said, if I'm no. Daniel Jones, I'm like <laughs> I mean he's like the centerpiece no of the way. team. Dude. <laughs> they, and they, no. And they just signed him. I mean, that's the thing. Four years, 160. Four years, 160. I yeah, saw some d- places hey. that say that they could get out after two. Yo, he carries a $22 million dead cap in 24. So, no, they're not going to get out of it. They could get out of it after three, 11 mil in dead cap in 2025. Man, there's no way they're going to say they're going to eat $22 million in dead cap in 2024. I, I, at least, I don't think they will. That would be devastating for the salary cap. 
Uh, (laughs) Daniel Jones, if you're perturbed right now by the Tommy DeVito experience and what this might mean for you in the future, just pull up your banking app, okay? Just keep keep scroll and scroll. Look at all them zeros. Just look look at at all them zeros. zeros. Buy yourself. I don't know how much. Like Danny Dimes doesn't seem like the most. extravagant person nope strikes me as a frugal guy i'd get you to talk to him one time it seems like pretty just straight edge normal guy yeah make a make a big purchase for yourself yeah, okay for sure for make sure. a <laughs> this this tommy devito stuff maybe it's bothering you make a big purchase for yourself trust me dude those zeros you're and, talking and, about like oh he's a nice guy i'm sure he's celebrating these team wins no he's not <laughs> no he is he ain't dude there ain't no way because he is like i said if because you're right now <laughs> that no now that devito has won them out of like the possibility of taking a caleb because if they had like a first or second overall pick yeah like, well we'll just we'll take caleb williams drake may transform into project a prospect brian dayball get it rolling with them and we'll just daniel jones is here he's here yeah we'll he'll think, be the backup we'll, we'll try We'll try to Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes this thing, okay? That's yep. what we'll try to do. 100%. But now that DeVito has won them out of that situation, we're probably looking at we're running it back with Daniel Jones. And, oh, by the way, our backup quarterback is this bastard who's, who's <laughs> winning them all these games and become, like I said, the face of the team. And I say bastard in, like, in Daniel Jones' perspective because that's definitely what he's thinking. So, <laughs> yep, totally. I mean, my God, uh, he's the worst kind of backup quarterback to have around. Really but that's is. probably what they're looking at next year, a Danny Dimes – Tommy DeVito quarterback room. I don't think it'd be a straight up open competition, but he's making 750 grand this year. Oh my goodness, dude. Come on. I love it. I mean, he's, well, he's never paying for a dinner in his life in, in the, in the tri-state area. So he's, uh, he, he's all set on finances. I I think that though, if I'm just looking at this, we've blabbed about DeVito a lot. I think though uh, the, the two, between the two teams, I actually think I kind of would rather be the Titans because, um, well, I mean, one, both these teams have rookie quarterbacks are playing right now. One of them, and Will Levis, is, I mean, he's kind of like a wild stallion. Um, he's Jay Cut. You know, he's a passionate Jay Cutler. He's a jacked Jay Cutler. Okay, he's yeah, yeah, Jay yeah, Cutler. Yeah, yeah. If, if Jay Cutler, yeah, was passionate and hit the weight room, um, maybe I didn't smoke cigarettes. So <laughs> I don't know. What Will <laughs> smoking habits are like but yeah right. no he's uh he's i think pretty promising i am i've actually been encouraged that deandre hopkins has been like caping for this guy the last like week you know he had a tweet where he's like i've seen a lot like saying i've seen a lot of quarterbacks I've he seen, sure has if you read between the lines seen a lot of crappy he quarterbacks he sure has he's like well, we've got a dog like we've got a guy i think that's actually pretty encouraging does that mean like i mean hopkins is on a multi-year deal uh, yeah. i think he'll probably be back there next year Maybe he gets traded to a contender or something like that. Maybe teams ask about it. But, I mean, if if he's back next year and you have Will Levis developing, I think that's pretty encouraging. You have some clear roster holes, that type of stuff. But And then, it, like, you look at coaching-wise, I definitely – like, I'm a big Mike Vrabel believer. I, yeah. I think he's just culture setter, tone setter. Totally. <laughs> and, I mean, Dayball, I think, can be that guy. But also, I have definitely been, like, a little – nervous about Brian Dayball in terms of like when the season looked like it was slipping away, you know, there was starting to get like some, he was pissed and, 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 and there definitely been uh, some guys kind of coming out. Like I think Isaiah McKinney or Xavier McKinney was like, I we're, we're not getting coached right or something like that. And, and I think that type of personality, that abrasive guy can wear on you when you're not winning games, but now they're winning games again and things are probably fine. And, and I don't know. I just, <laughs> right. Think of I'm splitting hairs between the two. I, I I got a little bit more proof of concept with uh, the Titans culture and the Mike Vrabel stuff than than I do with the Giants. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I I think I'm a little bit. I'm probably leaning a little bit more towards Dable. I love his offense. Um, and again, I know they're tied in with Daniel Jones, which makes it a little bit dicey. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, hey, listen, if they start throwing some draft capital at some wide receivers and stuff, I don't know. I think they can make it work, man. So. Um, Anyways, all right, uh, we've been running a little bit long, so we got to go. Anyways, for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. And remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right, peace.